Washburn Podcast. I'm Donnie Copeland, sitting in for Doc Washburn. So thankful that you joined us today. We're going to be talking about several things. Of course, the race in Pennsylvania happened tonight, the primary, and uh, didn't go the way that I wanted it to go. Looks like David McCormick and Oz are going to be uh, dragging this out for a few days. You know, it's amazing. We can find out who the biggest loser is or the American Idol is in, in, you know, 15 seconds and we take us, it takes us days to figure out who won an election that determines, uh, the direction of our country. But hey, what do I know? Uh, but we're going to talk, be talking tonight about, uh, several subjects. One, we're going to be talking about the backdrop of UFOs in the Congress. What a, what a appropriate, uh, backdrop, uh, because there was nothing more important to talk about than UFOs today. Uh, also, we're going to be talking about uh, the the death of of journalistic uh, curiosity, and uh, I'm going to kind of tie into that a uh, a little tidbit I, I learned today. I'm going to share what I can with you because some of that was off the record. Uh, but there's some really really weird stuff going on in a particular congressional race that I'm pretty familiar with. And uh, so we'll be talking about that. And then uh, lastly, I want to talk a, a little bit uh, also just kind of some news items and different things there I wanted to uh, fill in with. But those are the two uh, main things that I want to talk about tonight and I think will be uh, be very important and, and enlightening, I hope. And I really appreciate you hanging in with us and being a part of us. Uh, but I, I was reminded tonight of the uh, loss of uh, the young guy Cawthorn in North Carolina. And of course, the you know the uh, establishment comes out against him, but but he created a lot of a lot of his own problems. I'm going to talk about that a little bit. I'm going to talk about how candidates matter uh, and uh, and and give you a uh, I guess a, a story, the backstory that. Uh, on the David Bratt uh, election up in Virginia several years ago, 2010, maybe 2012, something like that. And, uh, and something that one of his campaign managers said that I think really, really, uh, is true in all races, but is especially true in Pennsylvania, uh, but also in North Carolina. So I uh, hope you'll uh, hang with us tonight where, or, or today rather. This is, uh, the uh, Doc Washburn uh, podcast, and I am Donnie Copeland. I'm sitting in for Doc Washburn. He's out on the campaign trail running for governor. We've got just a few days left, and uh, we're also, uh, we have a team of people, and then we've got several uh, conservatives that we're helping with house races and and a couple of uh, our constitutional officers that are statewide that we're Helping with, and some of that is just just encouragement, and some of it is you know giving advice and so forth. And and we do it because we love it. We don't do it as a business, uh, but uh, really really enjoy it. Like I've said before, it is really kind of my hobby, and so I really really enjoy the strategy and everything with it. But uh, today I just can't, couldn't hardly just. I mean, can't you can't take it serious? But the house uh, house committee holds a hearing on UFOs. And uh, as I've said, you know, listen, when 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 the when the place is burning down, when the when the house is burning, what do you do? You paint the kitchen right. Well that's what Congress does, uh, for sure. And uh 
you know, you got a formula shortage and you've got, uh, the, the, you know, talking about $40 billion going to Ukraine. Uh, you, you've got the southern border, uh, 118,000 people came over in the month of April. Uh, so you've got a, a, a really, uh, good sized city that came over. Uh, so you got a city a month. I'm, I'm talking about a major, a metropolitan city of a hundred thousand people. You've got a, you've got a metropolitan city coming over the border, uh, once a month. And, uh, what is Congress doing? They're holding hearings on UFOs. Now something that Rush Limbaugh taught us and, uh, and, and I've, I've learned it, you know, I'm sorry, but I just, I look for the story behind the story and, and Rush just taught us all that if you listen to him. And, uh, I, you know, I, I couldn't help but as they were talking about UFOs and I didn't listen to it or watch it for sure. Um, but I, when they were reporting about it, I couldn't help but think, okay, what is this distraction for? What, what is the, what are we distracting from? What, what are we, and, and Americans are so, and probably humans, we like to say Americans, but probably humans in general, we're so easily distracted and, uh, fooled, quite honestly. And I think that's kind of what happened in Pennsylvania. You know, David McCormick, uh, has Mike Pompeo, who I, I, I just really, really like. Uh, you have him up there and, and hopefully he turns into a, if he wins that, uh, a Senate race, I hope he turns into a, a phenomenal, phenomenal, uh, uh, senator, but I, I don't see that happening. I, I just don't. Uh, Mike Pompeo, uh, I, I really rely, you know, I really like and respect, um, you know, Ted Cruz, I did, but I don't anymore. Uh, and that's just a, such a strange, strange race up there. You had by far, I think, the most conservative was Kathy Barnett, and whom I was really, really pushing for. And, and another thing, and I'm getting back to the UFOs here in a moment, but, um, you know, again, we see polling. The polling showed that, that a neck-and-neck neck race, and really Kathy Barnett was 8 to 10 points behind Oz and and McCormick, so it wasn't really that close. Uh, and you, and you wonder where, where that polling goes wrong, uh, as so often. Now, um, th that's 10 points, you know, so that's, that's not insignificant. Uh, but we've seen polls that were, you know, 20 points wrong. And then if you take the swing, like in some cases with President Trump in 2016, they had him down by 20 points. He, you know, and then he, in some of those primaries, and then he won some of those primaries by 10 points. So they were off, you know, 30 and 40 points. So that's not, you know, and, and here's my thing. Uh, and, and I never know what they're doing. I never know is the polling, uh, to be is, is less about telling you, uh, what, where the race is. And it's more about rocking, uh, people to sleep and, and getting them not to be as enthused or, uh, to think that they have it in the bag or whatever. <coughs> Excuse me. And so, um, but, but let's get back to the, to, to the Congress and UFOs, which is just, you know, it's, it's just amazing. I mean, you could not have picked a, a better subject for Congress to take up, uh, in a, in a committee than UFOs. And, and, and I'm not saying that UFOs, 
you know, there's that doesn't need to be looked at, and there's not some really uh, inexplicable and unexplainable things that happen uh, out there. But uh, uh, for for sure, you know, uh, but but not not at a time. I mean, you you got to have some sense of 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 and read the room and so you've got a, a a country that is burning to the ground a country that is uh is on the verge of hyperinflation a country where people are paying four bucks and five bucks a gallon for gas and uh and they're talking about ufos and and it's just you know it's and here's my thing uh, if if you're a republican and you're especially a conservative and you you attend to that uh, you, you're, you're tone deaf because I believe that was all a dog and pony show for something else, uh, that they, you know, didn't want us to notice. And I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm that, um, I guess, uh, <coughs> distrustful of the, uh, you know, of, of administrations and as, uh, of government. And I, I've not typically been that uh, way, but I've just seen so much. And then, you know, used to, the press would be really good to uncover the distraction, but now the press is in on it and they're actually promoting, oh man, UFOs, you know, and, and this happened the other day in this place and, you know, there's, there's real room for debate and blah, blah, blah. And they'll, instead of digging in and saying, okay, um, you know, what, what, what is this really about? And I'm going to talk about that some a little bit later. I'm going to talk about the, you know, we all know journalism is dead. We know that it's, you know, it's, it's dead and buried. Uh, there, there are very few journalists in this country, uh, and, and around the world, quite honestly. Uh, I, I can name you on five hands the journalists that I have any respect for. Uh, one is a, is a liberal, uh, and, and the others are very conservative, and most of those are, uh, are females. And, uh, the, the, the only male, well, there's, a, there's actually two or three males, uh, John Solomon, uh, and this is not in a particular order, and, and I'll even mention when the ones that I think are at the top of the pack, I'll, I'll mention that. But just coming to mind, John Solomon uh, is is solid. Um, I think Glenn Greenwald uh, from the used to be the intelligencer. I, I think he may have maybe he left there, <clears throat> but he actually lives in Brazil, but he's from here, and uh, you know he's liberal, but he's by far. Uh, the most fair. I mean, there's not anybody close that's as fair as him when it comes to comes to liberals for sure. Uh, and I mean, he he is your old school uh, uh, journalist. And then uh, uh, oh, Julie Kelly is probably you know Julie Kelly's probably my favorite, if not Emerald Robinson, Sarah Carter. Uh, there's another guy, and I'm trying to think who it is. Of course, I don't think of Project Veritas, and they really are journalists, and I think Thomas O'Keefe, I think they do phenomenal work. Dinesh D'Souza, he's more of a producer, but he digs in. But I'm talking purebred uh, journalists. I think it's, you know, uh, Molly Hemingway is another one. She's more editorial, I think. I think she's more opinion editorial uh, but Emerald Robinson, Julie Kelly, um, John Solomon, uh, Sarah Carter. I've not heard as much out of her recently. Uh, th- those really, Molly Hemingway, those really, really 
come to come to light. And and they're just you know they're so much they're so far above uh, the shields that are out there that are just disgraceful. It, it's not even you know. And so uh, but but let me get back again. I, I'm 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 getting ahead of myself because I'm going to actually talk about the press. Uh, and this story uh, out of the Congress, actually a congressional race. It's really strange what's happening there, uh, but I want to I want to dig into that a little bit here uh, today. And uh, also, uh, the the UFO thing is so indicative of how tone deaf uh, Washington is. I mean, they are literally uh, tone deaf. And 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 to show you how tone deaf they are was when Donald Trump came on the scene, you know, and, and after the escalator and after the Trump Towers and, you know, all the dog and pony show. But when he started talking about substance, when he started talking about policies and, and you know, uh, people just were talking about, oh, this is terrible. And remember when he made this statement about the southern border, about them not sending their best people uh and and one you kind of had to learn where he was coming from it was not as much that he felt that way about everybody he, he was he was using hyperbole to talk about how desperate the situation was and uh but people that live normal lives they got it but the, the journalists just you know they just totally went berserk and just how horrible it was because that's that's the bubble they live in and they just don't realize uh, you know, what real America is the people that are their customers. They simply do not realize, uh, you know, how to talk to them. You know, I, I've seen, uh, speakers, whether it be a minister, whether it be a politician, and I've seen them go into different crowds and talk to a country club crowd the same way they talk to, uh, uh you know, a factory. Uh, of, of, of guys and, and, and ladies that are working in a factory and, and you don't do that. You, you know, you adapt your, you, you stay, you keep your principles. You stay on the same subjects uh, because the subjects are universal. Everybody wants safe neighborhoods. Everybody wants good schools. Uh, you know, everybody wants lower taxes, uh, you know, except for nutty liberals. So, so the message is the same, but how you deliver the message is so different. But you got to read the room. You got to know who you're talking to. Well, uh, journalists, they just don't get it. And, and Congress doesn't get it. That's why they get along so well. Congress does not get it. You can, you can, even the guys they march out, you know, and I hate this when they do it, but they march them out and they talk in the rotunda and it's echoing like crazy and they're sitting there and they're t- talking about stuff. That Americans have no, you know, and they'll use these little words, you know, we're going to fight, we're going to, we're going to really push back. And it's like, no, you're not, you know, I mean, stop it. Um, but, but to me, this, this UFO hearing is just like, um, I mean, I mean, it couldn't be more perfect. Uh, and, and, and add to the level of frustration that that people have it's like really you're talking about ufos there are people interested in ufos sure is there is there a you know probably what 20 25 percent of the uh the the um the nation is is fascinated with them maybe a little smaller uh and and you know made the trip to roswell and we, we were actually out in new mexico a few years for a family vacation went to white sands and actually you know visited the roswell 
the city of Roswell and went to the UFO museum because one of our kids really liked that stuff. And it's just, it, it's never interested me. Uh, but I think it's, you know, it's fascinating, uh, the possibilities and, and so forth. Um, but, uh, but, but, but Congress is not the place for it. You know, uh, why don't you, why don't you hold a hearing on, uh, how did you let baby formula, you know, you're not over baby formula. I don't expect you to produce baby formula. Uh, but, but what I would be getting into is what happened to the private enterprise that produces that? Well, we know the government was at the bottom of it because the government pulled, uh, Abbott's, uh, uh, production of baby formula because two children died. And so they pulled, uh, they pulled the, uh, production from the one, I think 70%. So there's a problem that 70% of your baby formula is produced by one, uh, by one manufacturer. And, uh, you know, and, and that's the free market and, and let it, you know, let it do what it does. But, if if you're the if you're DC, I I think before you just pull production, you know you got to be smarter than that, right? And you got to go in. You got to say, okay, two children died. That's serious. You have lot numbers, so you can trace it to lots. So you shut down the production. I wouldn't think the production is in one factory. It's typically not, but just because of shipping and because of um, you know the logistics of it, they'll have different production facilities in different places and then ship out from there for that area. So you just go to where the children, you know, and if it was two different areas, I think if I remember right, it was, it was pretty much the same area. So you have lots. I mean, that's, and what I mean by lots is you have numbers that tells you where a particular item was made, which is genius because it helps you track it. And so, uh, so this this overreaction. So that's what I would be doing today. And and then how can we avoid this for uh, uh, insulin? How can we invo- uh, you know uh, avoid this for uh, defibrillators and and pacemakers and and whatever else that you know uh, is is really really important to people and and uh, necessary for their survival. So uh, you know I just I think. Um, I, I, I just, I think it's so indicative. It's so much bigger than, oh, you shouldn't have had a UFO here. No, no, no. It's, it's so much bigger than that. And it, and, and what it is indicative of is a total and complete tone deafness. And, and I'm going to tell you this, and I know this to be true. Uh, and I've saw it because I've been really close to state politics here in Arkansas, served in the state legislature. And then I've been, you know, consulted with quite a few, uh, and, and, and probably less consulting and more just friendship and offering advice. So, so I don't want to make it sound grander than it is, but I did work for a think tank, uh, for uh, a, a little while. And, and so I've been, I've been around, you know, and, and still have a lot of connections there at the, at the Capitol. Uh, but, uh, I can just tell you the majority of people that go just to Little Rock to the Capitol here, they lose their mind. In, in, in a year, they're different. In two years, uh, they're not the same person. In four years, that, that you would recognize them. 
uh, if they didn't look the same uh, because it totally and completely changes them. And they, they buy in. They buy into the, you know, hey, man, I can get a good gig after this is over. I can, you know, I can I can trade this deal in for a better deal. And it quits being about serving the people. So uh, I see, I've seen the tone deafness on a local level in the in the state house. And so you've got the trappings of a 187,000 or whatever it is, job, $187,000 a year job. Uh, and then a lot, lot more that's coming in indirectly. Uh, and then you got all the staff and you got all this. And then you, when you have staff and you got a lot of staff, they're telling you what you want to hear. They're telling you how great you are. And so you, you quit learning. I mean, you quit living a normal life. And so what do you do when you do, you've done that for a little while and now you're the chairman of, of the XYZ committee? So what do you do? Uh, you have a hearing on UFOs. That's how out of touch you are. And, uh, so it's, it's, it's pretty, uh, you know, it's pretty typical, uh, but it just reminds us again, you know, I, I can't help but think about here a few years ago, same thing, you know, I mean, at, at any time the country's got some kind of crisis, right? And, uh, and, 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 you know, and there, I think it was steroids in baseball and, and Congress was up there, maybe in the Senate even, and they're holding hearings, uh, on, on steroids in baseball. I'm like, why? You know, that's nothing to do with you. That's a, that's a private enterprise. Uh, and it's, it's a, it's a game and I love sports. I'm, I'm a sports fanatic, but it's a silly two bit game and you, you're here doing serious work. What are you doing? And, and, uh, that, that's, that's really my point, uh, today about, uh, you know, UFOs being the perfect metaphor for Congress. They're, they're out of touch. They're, they're on another planet. It is, it is completely and totally amazing in, in my own humble estimation. Um, I'm, I'm going to explore this just a little bit longer. I'm not going to wear you out with it and we're going to shift gears here and talk about uh, some really strange behavior going on in a U.S. Uh, congressional race that I'm pretty privy to. And then uh, I want to kind of segue from that because I think it's very, very, uh, they tie very, very well together. I want to talk at the, uh, toward the end of the show, the last third of the show. I want to talk about, uh, the lack of journalistic curiosity. Now we know journalism is dead, but come on, you, you gotta have a little bit of curiosity. I mean, if you're driving down the road and there's 40 police cars and, and fire trucks, um, you know, you, 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 don't you at least say, man, you know, something's going on over there. Are, are you just totally oblivious to it? And you're like, I don't care. You know, I, I mean, uh, I have no clue. I don't know. And, and, and so, uh, we're going to talk about that a little bit, uh, as well today and just, uh, about what's going on because, uh, but, but I, I want to complete this about the, uh, the, the UFOs. Uh, I, I just think it's just it's it's too good. So when we come back, we're going to complete this little bit about uh, Congress and UFOs, and then we're going to move right into the really strange things happening in a particular congressional race that I've got a little bit of inside information I'm going to drop on you. So uh, we'll be right back. If you try to buy a car recently, you realize it's such a chip shortage, you may have a hard time finding what you're looking for. People I know have actually bought vehicles from hundreds of miles away from where they live. That's where Red River Your Way comes in. Red River Your Way is a big old car dealership 
the middle of USA that believes in freedom, including your freedom to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV the way you want to. You can buy online, and they'll drive it to you no matter where you are. Red River Your Way wants to make your car buying experience as easy and transparent as possible. That's why they've added technology to their website to put you in complete control of your payment options and allows you to complete the entire purchase process online. But don't worry, Red River experts are still here to help you every step of the way if you have any questions. Red River makes it so easy. As you browse their selection, you'll see each vehicle has a button that says Explore Payment Options on it. Clicking that button guides you through a few easy questions and then create personalized payment options you have complete control over. All you have to do is adjust your preferences, and all the math happens automatically so you can figure out what monthly payment works best for your budget. Red River Your Way makes car buying online easy. Your whole car buying process is completely transparent. If you want to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV, order online from the nationwide car dealer that believes in freedom, the dealer that will deliver your vehicle to your front door no matter where you live, redriveryourway.com. You will be glad you did. Let me once again express how thankful we are to our advertisers. I want to mention a couple of them to you. They make it possible for us to do what we do. Like my friend Justin Minton, M-I-N-T-O-N, Minton in Benton. Now, Justin's a former insurance adjuster who left the insurance industry to become a private lawyer, founded the Minton Law Firm to help injured people fight against powerful insurance companies and corporations. And he has sure helped me out with the three automobile accidents I've been in since 2019. The Minton Law Firm has a great team of lawyers, including the 2016 Trial Lawyer of the Year and the 2016 Outstanding Young Lawyer of the Year. The insurance companies take Justin Minton and his team of lawyers seriously because they know they can and will take your case to trial if need be. So whether you want to go to trial or settle out of court, it's a really good idea to have a knowledgeable trial attorney on your side. Justin's team aims to bring justice to clients who have been injured and need somebody to stand up for them. No matter what the injury, Justin Minton... Make sure the Minton Law Firm always works hard for you. Whether you're in a car wreck, hurt of the job, or you or a loved one is suffering from the carelessness of another, if you're in Arkansas, Justin Minton Law, M-I-N-T-O-N, Minton and Benton, is here to help you. Just call the Minton Law Firm, 501-943-4195, or visit justinmintonlaw.com today. All right, and again, if you want any more information on our advertisers, uh, just go to our website, uh, washburnshow.com. All those links there with the uh, our, our sponsors are all live, so you can just click on one of those at any time. And so if you can't remember a particular URL or website, just go to washburnshow.com and uh, click on that website or, or on that icon or uh, logo. It'll take you right to their, uh, their information and their website. Uh, we're talking about... The, uh, you know, I don't want to make a bigger deal than it is, but, but it is so apropos. And that is the UFO hearing they had on, on, uh, Capitol Hill today. And, it, and what it is, it is just complete and total tone deafness. Uh, but that, that is true when it comes to debt. That's true when it comes to, uh, immigration. That's true when it comes to, uh, really, Really anything, uh, election integrity, uh, and, and, you know, it's down is up and up is down. 
Uh, and, and it's just, it's just amazing. It's amazing. Uh, speaking of Congress, I was, uh, speaking to someone today who's very, very, very knowledgeable about, uh, <coughs> Congress and, and what goes on there and what goes on in Washington, D.C. and, uh, the inner work, especially and primarily, if not completely, the Republican Party. And, uh, this person's very, very well connected. Uh, I mean, in, in every way. Uh, and, and, but anyway, enough about that. Uh, we were talking and I had talked to someone else a few days ago. Uh, and, uh, what, what actually, uh, was brought up was the strange, and, and this is in Arkansas, but, but you can see it anywhere. You know, you just got to look. And, and look at what's going on, look at what's happening, and then ask yourself, why is it happening? And what I'm talking about is um, there is a congressional race here in the second district, and that second district is basically the the metropolitan area of Little Rock. It is the eight counties that make up the what they call the MSA or Metro, Metropolitan Statistical Area. About 800,000 people. I, I don't think because there's some of that cut out and goes into the, I believe, the fourth district. So I don't think we have quite 800,000 uh, people, and, and we may in that second congressional district. But the second congressional district primarily is made up of of, of uh, Little Rock, North Little Rock, and then uh, all the surrounding suburbs, and then out about 30 miles or so. Uh, there uh, at least to the east, west, and north. South, I think, is picked up by the 4th District. But anyway, I don't want to get into all that. But basically, it is uh, Little Rock and the bedroom communities around it, about 800,000 people. And the uh, present congressional representative from uh, the 2nd District is French Hill. And I've known French Hill, I don't know him personally or real well, I'll tell you a a story uh, that uh, is kind of indicative of, of French Hill. And uh, French Hill lives over in the Heights. The Heights is a you know the, the I'm a little frame house over in the Heights is five hundred thousand dollars, and it's a you know beautiful beautiful area. Have their own shopping and everything, and uh, it's it's you know I mean hardly no one but but very upper crust can can afford a house in the Heights. I mean, a little frame house is, is, I'm talking, I'm not talking about a nice fancy house. I'm talking about a little frame, you know, 1200 square foot house is, is three, four, five hundred thousand dollars. Uh, and then, uh, if you get a really nice house, I mean, they're, you know, 700,000 million. I mean, and this is an old historic, uh, uh, part of, of Little Rock. And, uh, and French Hill, of course, lives in the Heights, you know, and um, a, a friend of mine was at a fundraiser not long ago, and he was trying to get one of the people there that I'd actually recommended who had helped me in a previous race, <coughs> pardon me, to uh, to support his candidate. And he said, oh, no, I can't. I can't. You know, he said, I, uh, and actually my fundraiser was done there at this other gentleman's home beautiful home and very, very well to do and very wealthy. 
And he said, Oh, I can't, I can't help, you know, your, your guy. He said, man, I'm, I'm neighbors with French Hill. Well, they, you know, I mean, they do stuff over there. Like, you know, he, he bought a, they'll buy a house for a half a million and tear it down and build a million and a half, two million dollar home. That's just real common over there. But anyway, that's where French Hill lives. And he's so out of touch. He was a banker for years. Uh, his wife is a typical Stepford wife, real, you know, kind of s- s- snooty. Um, and, and, and French, you know, he's, he, you know, he'll, he'll speak to you, but, but that's about it. He, I mean, if you see him, you know, he's, he's, he's not ever man. He's, he's totally out of touch. But anyway, uh, he, he's been now the congressional representative for second district for eight years now. And so he's in a, he's in a dogfight. He's in a, uh, in a race with a guy by the name of Colonel Conrad Reynolds, who's a close personal friend of mine. And, uh, Conrad had ran in 2010 against John Bozeman for Senate, or maybe, I think that was Senate. It may have been a congressional race. No, it was Senate. And then he ran in 2014 against French Hill and, and lost pretty handily in both of those. Now, the second one, he could have been pretty, actually fairly, um, and that was actually French Hill's first, uh, first run and, and his initial race. And Conrad could have been pretty, uh, competitive, but there was another, uh, person in the race. And, and she lived in, and she had been a state legislator, maybe a state senator, and she had, um, she lived in the really, uh, popular, uh, Republican populated area of central Arkansas, uh, Saline County, which has the most, uh, in this area, the most, um, Republicans. And it's, it's probably one of the top two or three in the state as far as counties, as far as Republicans. And so she really peeled off a lot of votes. So anyway, fast forward eight years later, uh, you know, French is just popping along and, and Conrad runs against him again this time, but this time's different. Uh, one, it's different because, uh, Conrad's got some experience too, because now French Hill has a voting record. Three, because French Hill, uh, happened to say that Donald Trump's idea that the election was stolen was a fable and a fallacy. Um, uh, and, uh, and, and went on CNN and, and trashed President Trump on January the 6th. And so Conrad Reynolds has really ran a phenomenal race, severely, severely out, uh, spent and, uh, doesn't have near the money and, and, uh, that French Hill has. But then something strange happened. A friend of mine called me the other day and said, you know, uh, I was actually sitting at the, the uh, radio station about, uh, to go in there and give them a check for Doc Washburn to, uh, to advertise on the station where he was fired. And he actually says on the radio ad that, uh, hey, I was fired from this very station for not taking the jab. And I'll probably, maybe the next couple of nights, I'm going to make sure he's good with it, but I'm going to play you some of his ads that are playing all over the state. And man, his ads, uh, his radio ads are brutal. They are, I mean, they're the best I've ever heard. They are, because it's just truth to power, raw, straight up truth. And it's just so refreshing and powerful. Uh, but, uh, this, I'm sitting in the, in the, uh, KRN, uh, parking lot 
a buddy of mine called and I was, you know, he said, Hey, what's up? And we talked for a little bit. And he said, where are you? I told him, he said, strange thing. He said, have you noticed that French Hill, uh, has pulled all of his radio ads for KARN? I said, no, I hadn't noticed that. I don't listen to it that much. I listen mostly to podcasts and, uh, and, and music. And he said, yes, he's pulled all of his, you know, he said, I don't know if somebody made him mad there because they've had, they've had Conrad on their, uh, on the afternoon talk show there several times. And I'm sure they've invited French Hill as well, but Conrad's been on there. And so I think because they don't play like the rest of the media and freeze him out, uh, said, yeah, pulled all of his ads. I said, man, that's, that's strange. And then I got a call today or yesterday, <coughs> excuse me, and said, uh, Conrad has pulled his, I'm sorry, not Conrad. French Hill has pulled his TV ads. And I'm like, okay, now something's up because last time I, you know, uh, I looked and there's been a, quite a bit of polling coming out on that race and it's neck and neck. And so you're, you're, uh, and now you are uh, pulling your radio ads. You're pulling your TV ads. What, what's up? What, there's something, something doesn't, you know, you're, we're, what, what, six days out now, uh, six days out from the, from the primary. Uh, early voting started uh, a week ago, Monday. And, uh, and you're, you pulled, you know, a week ago yesterday. And, and you, you are the establishment, uh, you, have all the money in the world that you need. I think he raised four hundred thousand dollars in the last uh, on the last report. You're probably outspending uh, Conrad eight to eight, nine or ten, probably ten to one, and, and you're pulling your ads. And uh, I thought, man, something is is uh, something's up. Well, I knew there was some polling that had. Conrad pulling the head of, of French. I'd heard through the grapevine. Then I found out uh, another friend called me today and told me, uh, that there's some outside group now starting to drop ads for Conrad, uh, or a mailer at least. And so what that tells me is people in DC, the, the, all the think tanks and the, 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 uh, you know, the, 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 the groups that start aligning, they smell blood in the water. And so, uh, you would think if, if French smells blood in the water, then he's running harder, not, not pulling his ads. Uh, or as he looked at polling and says, man, it's so bad. I need to save this money and curry favor with somebody else because that's what these people do. Uh, so, uh, it, it's just really, really strange, but there's another twist to it. Uh, that I want to give you, and uh, we're going to take a quick break, come right back, and I'm going to give you what I think is the strangest of all uh, that uh, that my friend today that called me and told me about. So we'll be right back, and uh, we'll finish this up. We talk a lot about pushing back against the overreach of the federal government. What better example would there be than Obamacare? Are you like most Americans? Did Obamacare, the so-called Affordable Care Act, make your health care more expensive? Does your health insurance premium feel like a second mortgage? Does your sky-high deductible prevent you from going to the doctor? Do your sky-high co-pays keep you from going to the doctor? If you answered yes to any of these questions, you need to go to a website called MyFamilyHealthPlan.com. 
When you click on MyFamilyHealthPlan.com, you see the big, bold letters, Affordable Plans. Save 30 to 50% on premiums, personalized health coverage, low to no deductible, no co-pays. And then that big, beautiful red button that says Schedule Call Now. You click on the red button, you book a free consultation with my friend, Art Wilborn. He makes sure there are no gaps in your coverage, and he also makes sure that your personalized health coverage gives you a plan that doesn't force you to cover things like abortion, horrible things which would deeply offend your deeply held religious beliefs. MyFamilyHealthPlan.com, affordable plans, save 30 to 50% on premiums, personalized health coverage, low to no deductible, no co-pays. Click the big red button, schedule call now, book a free consultation with Art Wilborn. He makes sure there are no gaps in your coverage. Save money on your insurance at MyFamilyHealthPlan.com. All right, let me ask you this. Does your financial advisor take the time to listen and get to know you? Is your financial strategy personalized for you and your family? Will your financial advisor be there as your life and financial situations change? When you work with Jonathan Presswood, he focuses on what's important to you. He uses an established process to help you achieve your unique goals, whether that's preparing for retirement, making your money last in retirement, planning your estate or inheritance, preparing for the unexpected, or anything else. Jonathan Presswood can help. Now, what should you do if you leave a job and have a 401k or other retirement plan? Or if you're getting close to retirement or already in retirement? Call my friend, Jonathan Presswood, today. He'll help you create a personalized financial strategy backed by the advice, tools, and resources to help you reach your goals. And he'll partner together with you to help your strategy stay on track no matter what life throws at you. Listen, we can all dream of having a perfect retirement, but how many of us will actually experience it? No matter where you are today, Jonathan Presswood is offering a free retirement analysis to figure out where you'd like to be and what it will take to get you there, and there's no obligation. Contact Jonathan Presswood, a financial advisor with Edward Jones Investments, today at 501 503-4844. Again, that's 501-303-4844. Don't wait. Call Jonathan Presswood today at 501-303-4844. Now, if you're like me, you can't remember phone numbers, go to our website, docwashburnshow.com. Just click on the link to Jonathan Presswood at Edward Jones. Edward Jones, making sense of investing. Member SIPC. All right. Yeah, we're talking about the uh, the race here in Arkansas, 2nd Congressional District. It's a neck-and-neck race. The last poll I saw that came out, actually, Conrad was one point ahead. Conrad's a 29-year veteran of the Army. He's a colonel, uh, one of the most kind, hardworking, uh, just uh, patriotic Honest uh, people, loyal, just just a phenomenal guy. Will make a phenomenal, phenomenal uh, congressman. Uh, oh, by the way, I was a, a huge supporter of Ted Cruz uh, early twenty, late fifteen, uh, twenty fifteen, early twenty sixteen, or twenty fourteen, twenty fifteen. And Conrad was steadily telling me, "No, man, Ted Cruz is not the ticket." Uh, and nobody was saying it. Nobody was saying. Uh, Donald Trump. And I was like, nah. 
And and he's like, man, I'm telling you, he's the guy. He's the guy. And he had he had some really you know close contacts with people around him that that knew him. And so, uh, man, I'm telling you. Uh, and he's never wavered. He was actually a delegate, I think, to the National Convention for Trump. Uh, he's been to Mar-a-Lago uh, several times, a couple times, uh, just recently. So, uh, and, and I don't think he's even endorsed by President Trump. And the reason he's not endorsed by President Trump is because he just hadn't raised the kind of money because that, that money just is kind of self, you know, if you get the endorsement, you get the money, but you gotta have the money to get the endorsement. And then to get the big money, you gotta have money that you put in. And so that's why so often those races are people that had money, they put it in the race. And, and, and Colonel's done, uh, Conrad's done that before. He's, you know, this time he said, you, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do some, but I'm not gonna do like I did before. And he's really sacrificed. He's really, and he wants to do it for the right reason. He's not doing it to be popular. He's not doing it to, you know, so he can, you know, he's got a, a really uh, beautiful family and and uh, just beautiful home and 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 really worked hard and done really well in life. Um, but uh, he wants to serve his country. You know, he has for 29 years. But anyway, we were talking about uh, how that he's in this dogfight. I mean, they're neck and neck. In fact, the last poll I saw, uh, Conrad was up by a point. Uh, and, uh, and, and here's how you know he's up by a point because the Democrat Gazette, the, the paper of record here in Arkansas, uh, won't mention him. They finally mentioned him Sunday. The, t- uh, television stations won't mention him. And, uh, that's what's amazing is that journalists, and we're going to get to that at the very end of the show, uh, but journalists will, Listen, if they don't have a Democrat to shill for, then what they'll do, they'll, and there's a conservative, a real conservative, always notice whoever the, the media, if it's two Republicans, whoever they give most coverage to and talk about if they're not slamming them, but I'm talking about positive coverage or any coverage at all that's not negative, uh, then that means that person is the more moderate person, guaranteed every time. Or 99 and 9 tenths percent of the time, just to give myself a little wiggle room. But they won't mention him. I mean, uh, I think he told me it was 11 weeks and they hadn't mentioned him at all. Uh, you know, they went through all the races the other day on, on a Sunday show here. They never mentioned the congressional race. The reason they didn't mention the congressional race is because he's ahead. So, but here's the, here's the kicker. So, you're neck and neck with a, with a challenger. You know, you got probably four or five hundred thousand dollars in the bank. So you can bury him in TV ads. The problem is people know, they know who you are. You could run a, you could melt the television with, and the radio too with ads and it's not going to change because people know who you are, especially primary voters. Man, they, they know and, uh, and they know him like a book and, and he's, he's a dead man walking. So he pull, so he's got four or five hundred thousand dollars on hand, last I recall. And so he pulls his radio ads, he pulls his TV ads. He's like, okay, so he's, what's going on? What, you know, why is he pulling his ads? And, uh, so, but here's the, here's the really wild part. Someone called me today and said, hey man, I got, I got news that, uh, French Hill was calling around Washington today. It's like, what? 
goes, yeah. I said he was calling around uh, to, and I, I can't say who, but he's calling some of the emerging leadership there, and it's not it's not uh, Kevin McCarthy, uh, but it's 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 some others that are emerging as leaders, and uh, I don't totally trust them whatsoever. But he he was saying, hey, I, I need y'all to come down here and to stump for me, and they were like, no, we're staying out of that. And then somebody else is saying, um, uh, <laughs> somebody else is saying, oh, oh, he was asking for money. He said, you know, could you, could you give me some money? Well, they're not going to give him any money. He's got $500,000 in the bank and, and he's wanting them to, to give him money. So he's desperate. But here's the interesting part. And I'll, I'll keep you posted and let you know what I find out. But I'm just fascinated by this that. He's got a half a million dollars in the bank. He's pulled all of his advertising. Now, if he would have been, you know, uh, uh, early on had, had loaned himself, you know, money, and that, that happens a lot. Guys will loan themselves, you know, a big amount of money to scare people out. Uh, but they got to have that money in there to, to pay it back. And so I'll, I'll have to double check, but, but in the person I was talking to said, I know, I don't think he, you know, he didn't need to. He had all these banker friends, had all these connections. You know, he's he's been president of a bank for you know a long time, uh, and so he, he never loaned himself any money. Uh, it said, you know, he he doesn't. His campaign doesn't owe him any money. So why is he holding on to this money? What what what's going on? What what what's that for? And 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 here's what you got to watch with those guys, those establishment guys. See, it's all about. Another position, another another uh, job, uh, a higher paying job. So uh, I can only envision that uh, he knows he's not going to win. He, he sees a handwriting on the wall. And this is uh, strictly speculation, but it's a lot of fun to speculate. All right. So hang with me. And so I, I think and I was telling my friend today uh, on the phone that was telling me about him, you know, going around uh, or calling up at Washington trying to get help. First, trying to get somebody to come down here, stump for him. And when I say somebody, somebody that would really move the needle, but they, they weren't having it. They're like, uh, uh-uh, no, no, man, you know, I don't, you're, you're, uh, you're radioactive. No thanks. And, uh, and said, so, well, you know, can you get me some money? No, you have money. What, what do you want? And so, I mean, he just struck out. So, so why is he holding on to $500,000? Well, let me tell you how nefarious and how rotten to the core this game is. Is what, what he'll do is there's somebody somewhere that if, if that, that maybe is in a dogfight, but they have a chance. And I'm, or it's something else. It's, it's some big nonprofit or it's, it's, it's another, it's a race and he's trying to get, Position, I, you know, I don't, I, I really don't know because the guy's not hurting. I mean, he's he's very wealthy, and he's done really well, so he didn't need the money. So it's, it, I would just say, I'm, I'm thinking out loud here. It's not about the money. It's not about, you know, now he wants to get paid. Don't get me wrong. If he start, if he gets a job with somebody, uh, you know, he wants, he wants to have, you know, he wants to be making, and not a hundred thousand a year either. I mean, no, that's. Chump change to him. He he's wanting something making three to five a year, three hundred to five hundred a year. Uh, so so what would he do with the four or five hundred thousand? So he curries favor by, you know, 
donating that to some non it has to be a 501c3 or another campaign uh on a state level on a federal level i don't, I don't even know what he could do with the campaign funds um so there there's something uh really really different going on i'm gonna keep you posted but here's the fascinating part and uh so thankful for our live listeners good to see you guys uh you guys are encouragement i appreciate you um but uh here's the part is now and i've been i've been you know exchanging emails with with some of the top journalists in in the state and and i mean if there's a if there's a earth-shaking story they're going to be writing it and it, it was on another matter but i want so bad and i'm probably going to after after the show today uh, i'm going to email uh, this particular journalist who's probably the premier journalist in the state and and say hey call him by name uh has has this does this intrigue you at all and uh and and so i don't know you know, because they're very smart. I, I, you know, I've, I've talked to this guy. I'm talking about the journalist now. But does this French Hill deal? Does that does that intrigue you at all? Does that does does that uh, at all give you any pause? And and do you ever look at you know somebody else in the newsroom and say, man, what's up with French Hill? Uh, you know, what what's going on? And uh, and so I, uh, you know. But but I want to give you my take on it about this journalistic curiosity, and I'm going to give you another uh, another story. Uh, but but I want to segue into uh, just this lack of curiosity that it, it's it's an epidemic in journalism, and it's really hurt journalism, by the way. Uh, but when we come back, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you a story uh, that that's happening right now. That also is not being covered. And, and so I'm going to explore a little bit why I think, uh, I think there's three reasons that journalists are, and it's easy to say, well, they're just liberal and they're not interested. I, I think it goes deeper than that. I think that is the main part, no doubt about it. Uh, but we'll explore it when we come back. Hey, I'd like to help you with some health issues. You have migraines, neck pain, back pain. Vertigo, acid reflux, eczema, problems with your blood sugar, maybe even hay fever. Okay, let's do a little test. Look in the mirror. Does one eye look bigger than the other? Are your eyes off balance? Are your shoulders off balance? Look at a picture of yourself. Are you tilting your head to the left or the right instead of sitting up or standing up straight? If the answer to any of these questions is yes, you probably need to get your atlas adjusted. That's how I got rid of my migraines, neck pain, and hay fever. Let me explain to you how it works because it's the best kept secret in American healthcare. Your skull weighs anywhere from 8 to 15 pounds. It rests on the top bone of your spinal column, the atlas, which only weighs 2 ounces. So it's really easy for your atlas to get out of alignment. If it does, your whole spinal column can get kinked up like a chain, restricting your central nervous system's ability to send impulses to the rest of your body. It can affect your respiratory system, reproductive system, and circulatory system, even digestive system, and yes, it can cause migraines, neck pain, back pain, acid reflux, eczema, vertigo, problems with your blood sugar. Do yourself a favor. If you're in Arkansas, call my friends at the Arkansas Upper Cervical Center, 501-279-2009, for a free consultation to see if you need to get your atlas adjusted, because you probably do. 
you're outside Central Arkansas, go to their website, turnmypoweron.com, and click on Find a Doctor Near You. And I sure hope you can. All right, we're talking about the, it started out the whole thing about a congressional candidate here who's in a, in a dog race. I mean, it's, it's a dog fight. Um, but I think he knows because he's been an eight year incumbent. This is kind of something I've heard people say this, uh, and I don't totally agree with it. <clears throat> and they'll say, um, you know, there's, there's probably 30% of that, uh, something like that, 20, 30% of that particular race that I was talking to you about, uh, French Hill and Conrad Reynolds, uh, that are undecided. And typically, uh, you know, the old saying is, you know, I'll go with the devil I know versus the devil I don't know. And so what people do will typically vote for the, um, you know, the, the better known candidate when they, they can't make up their mind. Uh, but I think in this case, it's a little bit different. Uh, and the reason I think it is different is because, one, what he has done to President Trump. Two, I think Conrad's a little bit better known. So I, I, I think at the end of the day, Conrad wins this race, you know, by 10, 12, 15 points. Uh, and I think French Hill knows that. But, but, uh, and, and maybe he's done polling, but, but the polling that I've seen, it's, it's a one point race with, 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 uh, Conrad just barely ahead with a huge amount of undecideds. So that, you know, uh, and then polling's not even, you know, it's not even the exact science now with, with, uh, or never has been, but certainly not now, more unpredictable than ever with cell phones and so forth. And then people just not being willing to tell you how they're going to vote, uh, with all the, Political uh, blowback because you support somebody that's conservative. Um, so uh, you know that. So I, I don't know that he even knows for sure that he's going to get boat raced. But but here's the thing: we do know is that he has pulled uh, his radio ads, he's pulled his TV ads, uh, he is doing some robocalls and so forth. But it's just really strange. But here's the stranger part: is that he calls Washington. And ask, and that was strange, just maybe smells of desperation. But he, he calls and asks, uh, one of the leaders, uh, if they would come down here and would stump for him. And they say, no, I will not. And then, and I'm sure it was nicer than that. Uh, and then, you know, calls around, hey, can I get some money? Uh, and you know, would y'all help me out? And they're like, you got $500,000, dude, and you're not using it. So what, what are you doing? So the question is, uh, A, why isn't, he, why isn't he using it? B, what's he going to do with it? Because you can't keep it. You can't spend it uh, when it's over. you got to do something with it. you got to give it to 501c3. And I think you can give it to another campaign or to the party. Uh, so that maybe that's the play. Maybe he wants to. I think that's too small for him to be the Republican chairman here. And we just have a brand-new chairman that took over. And honestly, he wouldn't get to first base as chairman here, I don't think, just because how conservative the state is. Uh, and so, uh, but here's the, here's the other part, and I wanted to segue, and I started this before we went to break. And that is, why isn't the, why isn't, uh, media, why isn't journalists interested in that? Does the, 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 the journalist drive down the road and, 
and listen, and there's ad after ad for everybody else. And he says, wait a minute, so-and-so didn't have an ad. Friend Shield didn't have an ad. What's the deal? And then he gets home, and, you know, he's eating dinner. He's, you know, sitting, flipping back and forth between the playoffs or whatever and and uh, on the local news. And, hey, wait a minute, French Hill's not on. Then he goes back and looks. When was the last time French Hill had a, uh, uh, you know, an, an ad play on, on television, on Channel 7 or 11 or whatever, 16? And and then he, you know, does, does that get his mind rolling at all and saying, hey, wait a minute, no TV ads, no radio ads, uh, you know, what's going on? Make a call to his campaign, ask, and then, you know, gauge how they respond if they really, if you think you hit a hot button, then you're on to something. But no curiosity whatsoever. Um, another another curious, curious thing, I was talking to another friend this evening, and they were talking about campaign reports. And uh, and it's the same way in every state, but, but I know ours here. I don't know everybody else's. But we have to file a financial report if, if you're part of a campaign. And I'm helping Doc is what I mean by that. And so, um, you know, we have to file this campaign report. You have to tell, you know, all your expenses, who it went to, uh, how much you paid on what date. Same for uh, uh, income or donations, uh, what date it was, who it was, uh, even their occupation, even though it's not a federal race. Uh, and so... Here's an interesting thing is, and of course, she's got thousands upon thousands of donors talking about Sarah Huckabee Sanders. But interestingly enough, on her contributions, uh, she's got two point three million dollars that is listed, not not names. It is listed as uh, uh, not anonymous. Man, I was going to remember what that. What, what the term they used, uh, unspecified, uncategorized, that was it, uncategorized, uh, donations. What does that even mean? And, and so I've not seen an article about Sarah's 2.3 uh, million. I, I don't even know really how you would, uh, because it doesn't flow uncategorized because I may not know not, you know, we've had to file stuff like this. I've seen this filed on her financial report where you didn't have somebody's occupation or you didn't have, you, maybe they wrote their name's not legible. And, and, uh, and so you, you know, you have to put on the report. This amount was given. This was the date. Um, and, uh, I, we were having to get more information and, uh, you know, Requested more information, I think, is our RMA, I think, is the, the designation. So that that's, you know, that's fairly common. Uh, but what no one uses is uncategorized uh, uh, donations or contributions. In other words, we're not telling you where it came from. You know, none of your business. And uh, so here's the question. Is any, And somebody, the person commented tonight, because we had a, a, a actually a... Um, uh, a report that had to be filed tonight. And so we were working, you know, late trying to get that uh, in. And so uh, somebody said, well, just put everything under uncategorized contributions. Like, no, we're, you know, our last name is not Sanders and our Huckabee Sanders. And, you know, we couldn't get by with that probably. And nor do we want to. Uh, but, but is, is any journalist curious about that? Is any journalist curious? Is there a journalist curious about, 
what is happening with, uh, you know, why we're holding UFO uh, hearings. Uh, you know, are any of the national journalists, are they at least bit curious? And so uh, what I'd like to explore the last few minutes here, then we're going to go to a tweet of the day, uh, is I'd like to explore very quickly uh, and uh, him uh, him 12 or him IZ, I think it's him 12. That's a listen. Glad to have you today. First time to listen. We're glad to have you. Um, but here's the bottom, here, here's the bottom line. Uh, why for the lack of curiosity? Well, the first thing that comes to mind is the, the, the liberal bent of, of the media. And, and sure enough, when, uh, uh ultra conservative and just like, Kathy Barnett, who ended up running the third in the Senate race in Pennsylvania, uh, from last I saw it was McCormick and Oz neck and neck. And then she was a distant third. Uh, I think it was McCormick by just a, a, a point or two, then uh, Oz, and then she was back eight or 10 points. Um, boy, they, they dug into her life. They dug into her military record that they were curious about her. Not so much about McCormick, not so much about Oz. Not, not anything about Oz's military record. Not anything about McCormick's hedge fund. Uh, now here's what will happen. Watch this. When they come out of the primary, whoever Oz or McCormick comes out of the primary, then, and they face in the guy that wears shorts and, and hoodies everywhere. I can't think of his name. Fit, fitting way or something like that. Democrat. You know, he's more of a Bernie Sanders. He's Bernie bro. And, uh, boy, all of a sudden they'll get extremely, extremely uh, interested in uh, whoever the Republican nominee is. If it's Oz, oh, they'll they'll pick apart his Turkish uh, armed services career. They'll pick apart McCormick's hedge fund, and, you know, and how they whatever you know has done. But not right now, you know, no, they gotta they gotta cover until. So that's part of it. It's it's the bias. There's no doubt about it. And I think that's probably what. 75% of it. I think the second part is they're lazy. I think it's just they're lazy. I think it's they can go on the internet. They can, you know, you got to dig. If, if you, and then if you open that can of worms now, you got to, you got to really sift through it. And, uh, there's financial reports. I mean, if you, if you ask the question about Sarah Huckabee Sanders that told you to go jump in the lake, uh, then you got to dig into it. Well, you got thousands and thousands of donations and, uh, Man, there ain't nobody, as the meme says, ain't nobody got time for that. They don't want to do that. Man, they can just write their story, mail it in, and call it a day. Uh, so I think that's, I think it's the lack of work ethic. And some of the older uh, journalists, I don't think that's the case. They're hard workers. I know some of them here. They're very hard workers. They're, they're not, you know, and a lot of the young ones are, are hard workers. I'm, so I'm not talking about anybody individual. I'm talking about just, Generationally, the older guys are typically going to be more dogs and more working hard. The younger is going to be more, you know, let it fall in my lap type. But that's not, that's not, you know, a broad blanket statement. I think it's just more uh, indicative of, of, of generations of work ethic. So I think it's bias. I think it is, uh, definitely, uh, laziness and just lack of, of initiative. Uh, and then the third thing is, I, I think it's something that, uh, has not always been the case, but I think it is, um, uh, newspapers are, uh, particularly 
newspapers are very, um, uh, you know, they're, they're skating on thin ice. And, and so, uh, when you get into a campaign, uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders is probably, I, I don't know, I would say, I, you know, not, not newspapers so much, uh, but television, she, she may be a third of their, uh, of their revenue for the year because of just the sheer volume of ads that she's pumping out. Um, you know, she's, uh, you know, other uh, banner and sign places, you know, of course that's not journalists, but, uh, uh, the, the newspaper, you know, she's not doing a ton of newspapers. She's doing a lot, probably in rural areas and, you know, just throwing money. She'll throw a lot of money at newspaper knowing that it's not a great investment for primary. But you know why she'll throw a lot of money at a newspaper? You guessed it. So they won't pursue her. So it's really, it's really paying them off in an indirect way. And see, that is the, that is the corruption that is in politics. It's not somebody in an alleyway with a, you know, a wrinkled paper sack full of hundred dollar bills that are crisp and still in the bands. No, no, no. It's, it's, it's much more nuanced than that. And I've told you that before. And it goes like this. Uh, she's spending a half a million or, or you know, two and a half million dollars, uh, on Channel 7. Channel 7 is not going to run an ad. Uh, uh, you know, or is not going to run a feature on her financial report. Because she'll pull that in a heartbeat and take it over to Channel 16 or Channel, see, she's not running on all those stations because, uh, she'll, she'll get them, or, or rather she is running on all the stations because that way she keeps them all at bay. Uh, and then she, she didn't need newspaper because it's, it's a dying, you know, a medium, but she'll, she'll pump quite a bit. She'll pump, you know, she'll throw 300,000, you know, half a million on them, uh, because man, it's like water in the desert to them. And you know what it does when, uh, the, you know, the, the editor, or rather the writer comes to the editor and says, Hey, I got a story, uh, on Sarah Huckabee Sanders. She had $2.3 million in, uh, uncharacterized, uncategorized, I'm sorry, um, donations. And the editor says, uh, well, let me take it up the food chain. Comes back and says, kill that story. Uh, Cause we got a half million dollars. She'll pull it in a heartbeat and see. So yeah, is it left wing bias? Absolutely. Is it, uh, laziness? Absolutely. Uh, is it corruption? Absolutely. And so there is your reason for lack of curiosity. Uh, and I've seen it probably more in this cycle, uh, with Doc running against a, you know, a, a thousand pound uh, gorilla uh, candidate with, with all the money in the world, 14 plus million dollars. And, uh, and, you know, uh, I, I know of a, a personality on one of the stations who was a friend of Doc's who's very conservative and said, look, I'm trying to get you on this morning show that we talk about politics. They're not having it. No, they're not going to have it because Sarah Huckabee Sanders or her dad has told that station, you have him on and, uh, and, and we'll pull all of our advertising. So they're not going to have him on. Um, so here's a question and this is more for the local listener. And we have a lot of Arkansas listeners, by the way. Um, but they will, um, you know, 
so here's here's the question is if she's really up by last I heard it was just ungodly 40 50 points something like that um if she's really up and and I don't believe that for a minute because just because of the feedback uh the way when she puts out a post when doc puts out a post how people respond um uh, so I don't believe it's anywhere near that uh do we still have a tough fight ahead of us sure but uh I think we're I think we're making some good headway uh so but if she's up by 40 or 50 points why is she having him not is are you that petty or are you worried or whatever uh so fascinating fascinating stuff all of it uh so we're going to do our tweet of the day uh, today. Our tweet of the day is brought to you by Red River Your Way. That was our first sponsor of the show today. Red River Your Way is a dealership right here in the middle of the United States, and they believe in freedom. Uh, it's very unique. You can go to Red River Your Way, go to their website, redriveryourway.com, and you can uh, type in the kind of car that you want, the price range. They'll pull up cars. You start looking. You arrange your financing right there. Then once you do that, you just let them know, hey, I live at – one, two, three, Magnolia in, uh, any town USA and they'll bring your, they'll, they'll deliver your car right to your doorstep. So it's a phenomenal, phenomenal, uh, service and opportunity. Also, the people that own Red River Your Way are just tremendous patriots. When Doug was, uh, fired by the radio station here, the Cumulus Media Station, uh, they reached out to Doc and said, look, man, we heard what he did. Pull, you know, pulled you off the air or fired you because you wouldn't take the vaccination. Uh, we pulled our ads off the air in protest and we want to start, uh, we want to start, uh, advertising with you. And so I'm telling you, uh, I'm going to do everything in my power. I'd already bought a car when we started this with them, but I'm going to do everything in my power. The next car I buy. And when somebody talks to me about buying a car, I say, go to Red River, your Red River, your way. And, uh, and when I go, go to buy a car, that's who I'm going to because I'm going to do business with the people that's doing business with us. And so, uh, and that's all of our advertisers. We, we support all of them and, uh, throw any business that we get that is in their wheelhouse. Uh, we, we, uh, my insurance, my wife and I's insurance is with, uh, myfamilyhealthplan.com, not because they're a, a, a listener. Uh, I did, reach out to them because they are rather an advertiser. I did reach out to them because they're an advertiser. I want to give them an opportunity and you should do the same. You should reach out to all of them uh, because they support this uh, podcast. Uh, but man, they saved me a ton of money. I've got the best health insurance I've ever had uh, for the least amount of money, the least of out pocket expense. So a um, lot of great, a uh, lot of great, uh, uh, people here that doing a lot of great work, but uh, our tweet of the day is brought to you by Red River. Yeah, I'd like to help you with I'm some sorry, issues. Uh, Red River Your Way is br- uh, our tweet of the day. Sorry about that. Is brought to you by Red River Your Way, and uh, and so we're going to go ahead and go to our tweet of the day and let you check it out and see what uh, uh, what we find there. And uh, we always try to uh, try to end the show on a positive note because a lot of times some of the things we're talking about are not quite as positive, and so we we need to uh, kind of end it on a positive note. And so I want to do that tonight. And a lot of times I love the the funny stuff. Sometimes it's serious, and we're you know we're having to uh, you know we're having to talk about something that's more serious. And so 
uh, I, I saw several today that were just really, really good. And, uh, and so I'm trying to pull them up now. Uh, but, uh, I just want to tell you how much I appreciate you, uh, uh, being here today. I appreciate so much, uh, that you've been a part of our, uh, a, a part of the family here today. And, and, uh, and, and then for our advertisers, they've just been so phenomenal to us and they just are so supportive of us in every way, actually. And we're just so very, very, uh, thankful. Uh, let me, let me pull this up real, uh, real quick here. Um, <laughs> uh, Jimmy Falila says, every time I tweet a criticism of Biden, at least 20 people respond with Trump loss, get over it. Yo, inflation is at a 40 year high. We have an all time high in fentanyl deaths from the open border. Gas is unaffordable and we're out of baby food. Trump didn't lose. America did. Well, that's powerful. Uh, that's, uh, that's good stuff. Um, uh, I saw something today. Uh, it was about, it was a great parallel. I'm trying to find it here. Uh, let me see. Uh, let me go back here. Sorry about this. I thought to be in, I thought I'd be a little better prepared for this. I apologize. Um, um, here we go. All right. Sorry about that. I, um, I saw something, uh, today that was talking about, um, talking about children. And he was saying, you know, you, you keep saying, and I'm trying to think of the parallel they used about children. Uh, but, but the, the whole point was that if a child is not, oh yeah, a child's not old enough to drink. A child's not old enough to have, uh, uh to, you know, uh, to get a tattoo. Uh, and then a child's not old enough to, to change their gender. And so it, it, it leads you to think and to believe, uh, that you know, this, as we well know, this is certainly, uh, an, an agenda, uh, because it, it's all about, you know, brainwashing our children into this just, uh, terrible, terrible, uh, direction of gender confusion. And that's really, uh, bottom line, that's what it's about. Um, <laughs> Joseph DeGuy's uh, somebody said, follow Joe Biden. And this guy said, why would you follow him? He goes nowhere. He goes nowhere I want to be. <laughs> so, so very true. Uh, shoot. Uh, raise your hand if you, this is Judge Janine Piero. Uh, raise your hand if you agree everyone owes Elon Musk and Joe Rogan an apology. That Elon Musk whole thing buying Twitter, that's, that's a fascinating thing. Uh, for real. Uh, let me give you one more. <laughs> this is, this is good. Uh, a little context. Um, the, uh, this guy's actually, I follow him. He's a, he's a recruiter for LSU, uh, Louisiana State University. And, uh, you know, they're, they're recruiting these kids. And of course, these kids have these wild Twitter names, right? So when, if, if his name is, you know, Fred Jones, his, his Twitter handle is not Fred Jones. It's, you know, big baller 44 or whatever. 
And so, uh, I hadn't thought about this, but you know, when you're trying to track down a kid and get to know him, you, you know, his name is Fred Jones. So you're looking for Fred Jones on Twitter. Uh, well, you look through a thousand Fred Jones because his name on Twitter is not Fred Jones for uh, Fred Jones. It's big baller 44. And so you got to find it. And so Jordan, uh, Ars, I believe it's Arsme, A-R-C-E-M-E-N-T, Arsement, Arsme. Uh, says, man, it would be so much easier if you guys wanting to be recruited would make your Twitter handle your real name. Uh, I think that's that's really really good. Uh, all right. Uh, okay, I think that's going to do it for uh, for this evening. And uh, hope you have a or today. Hope you have a wonderful wonderful. <laughs> oh, let me let me leave you one more. This is uh, Graham Pepe. Uh, says, and he shows a picture of this just horrible looking guy dressed like a woman. He's got on this dress and just terrible hair, but you can tell from a mile off it is a guy and they're standing on the Capitol steps. Says, this is who's overseeing the baby formula crisis for Congress. I'm guessing she also has a gingerbread house in the forest. Oh man, I shouldn't have ended on that terrible of a note. Hey, hope you have a wonderful Wednesday. Looking forward to seeing you again. I love spending time with you. Thank you for hanging out with me and I'll see.